Welcome to Coffee and Commerce, the podcast where you'll hear me, Sarah Jones, have conversations with real-life e-commerce business owners. People who have a story to share about how they set up and how they run their online stores. Normal people. People like you and me. Let's dive in. Today I'm talking to Bryony Baxter, owner at The No Plastic Shop. Based on Dartmoor, the No Plastic Shop is an online plastic-free shop featuring local, sustainable, plastic-free products alongside well-known ethical brands. Welcome to the show, Bryony. Thank you for having me. It's great to have you here. Um, so to start off with, why don't you, if you could tell us a little bit more about you and your business and maybe sort of how you started and how long you've been going? Well, it's fairly new to me, actually. I've started last January, um, but the shop has been uh, going in existence for a couple more years before that. Um, it was set up by someone I used to work with originally, um, and she brought me on as a social media manager mm-hmm. to run the Instagram. I mean, it was a new business um, because that's what I started doing, freelance social media management for clients. And I'd worked with her on another project. And so we were working together doing that. and you know, just really blown away with the business and the potential for the business. This was back in 20, um, 2018, when there was very few plastic free shops online in the UK. And it really did seem to appeal to a lot of people. And it's, there seemed to be a real need for uh, online um, access to plastic free, because not every, every community has a plastic free shop. I mean, there are nowadays, it's a bit more common, especially in a city, but I live very rurally and there aren't the kind of shops around that service that. No, no. So no, and so it was doing uh, really well, but personal reasons meant that she had to get up the shop and she wasn't sure what she was going to do with it. So it lay dormant for a while. Um, and I approached her and said, well, I would really like to take it on if you wanted to sell it to me. Um, so she did, and that was great. It took a long time for sort of the admin to all happen. And uh, so the shop was probably dormant for about uh, six to nine months. Yeah. And um, I took it on and we, I rebranded it, uh, changed sort of the logo. And because of where I live, which is very different to where she lived, um, I really wanted to bring it to um, have some more local products and make it more representative of the, uh, the area in which I live, which is Dartmoor. Yes, that's quite that's quite a, a big thing to sort of take on is to, uh, an existing business. That must have been a really. How did you, um, you know, did you have any challenges with kind of figuring out the logistical and all the admin side of it? It must be quite must have been quite. Well, um, I guess it was for it was a slightly easier for me because I I'd never worked like on the back end of it. I mean, I was literally doing the the sort of social media marketing, so I wasn't involved in any of that. But I got a a little bit of a kind of a gentle introduction to it. I think if I had started up one from scratch, I mean, I would have been doing all the research from, from the get-go. And because I'd worked with the shop uh, for at least a year at that point, um, I had quite a good idea about the kind of things that sold well, mm. um, the kind of content that resonated with the customers. Um, and so it was a little easier, I think, to take on something that pre-existed. I mean, there were challenges too, with taking on something that already had like a history and, um it already had a presence but because it already had a presence um I think I had a little bit more of a gentle introduction into to setting up a shop because again I had a customer base already when I when I took it on whether those people stayed with me you know obviously people come and go um but you know I had a newsletter a subscription list already so it came to me 
sort of a little bit prepackaged, which was quite nice because some of the decisions that I think may have held me back because, God, I don't know about you, but I can agonise about tiny decisions for ages and that can really stop me doing stuff. So, you know, just things like what beeswax raptors to stock when there's so many there are so many options I mean those kind of things I mean I could spend weeks just thinking about that but as it came to me with already with products some of which I've kept and some of which I haven't but because some of those decisions were made for me I meant I I could make sort of bigger broader strategic decisions I think because I wasn't so bogged down with the detail so you you sounds as if you had a real advantage in as much as so somebody would normally be launching a site from scratch as you say they've got zero customer base they've got zero following on social media because you had that existing social media presence did you do you think you changed how you launched the site when it relaunched um did you do anything different than you were doing before when it was running being run by the other lady do you think i think working with a client as a social media manager is really diff- different to running your own marketing. Mm. And I'm really good at selling other people's stuff. I mean, it seems, I mean, I could, I could sing her praises and I could sing the shop's praises. Also, I really believed in it, yeah. um, you know, so that obviously is a massive advantage. Uh, and I found marketing her um, much easier than marketing me. So actually when I went to relaunch, I, again, these things that, kind of kept me up at night going making small decisions should I be really visible as the face of the business or should I just you know smoothly transition from one to the other and actually what I wanted to do because um the physical location had changed even though it was an online shop the physical location had changed and because where I live is really important to me um because we live in such a unique part of the UK here um, and it dominates a lot of uh, decisions I make and a lot of the, the lifestyle that I lead is, is, is because I'm so rural and I have access to this amazing landscape. And I didn't want to keep that part of the story out of it. So I, I did deliberate about whether I should kind of come up big and do a relaunch and go, hi, here I am. But I thought that also the, the, the existing customers needed to have some understanding of why the shop had gone quiet for such a long time and why it was suddenly back with a different logo so um i did do a you know social posts and a newsletter about sort of before i before i opened about that i'd taken it on and that they may have known me already because i was the person if you message somebody or, or any comment you left on instagram i'll be the one who to, to reply to it um and just introduce myself and then i kind of did a soft launch leading up to um when I actually opened the doors. But the trouble was, I perfect timing as always. Uh, I launched just two weeks before lockdown, first lockdown last oh. year. So, you know, I'd kind of, because again, I'd, I'd, the shop, it would all be ready to go from January. And again, I was having an hiring and waiting for things to be just right. And which I should never have done. I should have just gone in full tilt and looked at the details later. But um, yeah, so I was working out a few of these things and launched and then, quick succession you know lockdown happened and then everything sort of changed um and uh initially I had to close again just because I had to shield and it wasn't possible for me to deliver you know to get the orders out and I didn't want there to be any delay to people getting their orders because I thought that that would be awful the beginning of a new business and then you start you know messing clients around uh it wouldn't be great so I closed temporarily until I could work out a way of safely being able to 
you know, get to the post office and uh, get orders out. And then I reopened again, but because all that kind of happened, it kind of, kind of opened with a little bit of a whimper rather than a bang. Um, <laughs> and I, I think if I could do it again, I would have just come in running rather than crept yeah. in quietly. But that's understandable. And it's really interesting the way you said about uh, the fact that it's easier to market and promote somebody else than it is yourself. And I think that's something that so many people will resonate with. I've always hidden behind a logo and a, a, a business, you know, and been the company. And it's only recently mm. that I've been brave enough because it is a it is a fear thing. Been brave enough to say, do you know what? It needs to be about me, and I need to kind of be the voice and come. But it's it's hard. It's scary. Isn't yeah, it really is. Really scary. It is. It is. Um, you know, because like we know all the right things we're supposed to do. You know, especially on social media. You know, like the right things you got to get your face out there. You've got to do lives, and you've got to do reels, and you've got to do stories, and see. Um, and uh, that's not really my comfort zone. And yeah, I, I know I need to do it more. But uh, at the moment, I can still do it in the newsletter. I do talk about, I still, and I write as me rather than we. I don't say we about the business because there is no we, there is just me. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, if you message the Facebook page, you're going to talk to me. If you email the shop, you're going to talk to me. I mean, like I keep on getting, I get, I don't know if you get these too, but I get like emails into the, um, to the shop saying, can I speak to your marketing manager? And I'm like, well, it'd be lovely if I had a marketing manager, but it's just me. Or can I speak to your, you know, you know, like those kind of things. And you're like, well, it'd be lovely if I had this great team behind me, but uh, no, it's just me. And where there's, that's a massive advantage in some ways because I don't have to um, check with anyone before I do something. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I can make decisions really quickly and I can pivot really quickly. Yeah. But it also means that, yeah, sometimes I will tie myself up in knots about a decision that is so minor that I don't know why I'm, I'm wasting my time, but I can get a little bit stuck because I don't have anyone to bounce ideas off. Yes, yeah, and, and again, that's a very common thing that you find, isn't it, when so many of us are just, especially now with lockdown, and we haven't got networking groups that we can go and just kind of hang out with, and we, we haven't got even friends that we can go and chat things over with, and it does make it very mm. challenging, yes, certainly. Um, so. Is it is does social media bring you most of your customers? Is that your main kind of marketing um, pillar, so to speak? Or no, actually, not at all. Um, click through rate to buy from social media is negligible. Um, I do it because uh, I it's a great way to have the shop fronts visible to people, um, and also I can share other sort of interesting things. Um, but actually most of the sales come either direct to the website or through the newsletter the newsletter you know obviously um anyone who opens the newsletter has got to have a pretty you know large interest in doing so i mean i don't have any email newsletters you get but you know I get a fair amount and the only ones i open are the ones i'm genuinely interested in reading so they tend to have a, a pretty good click-through rate to buy and how did you say was it a weekly newsletter you said Oh, well, uh, uh, it's when I can get one done. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I do a sort of average one a week. I don't want to do too much because, again, I don't want to spam people. I don't want them to be bored. So I don't tend to share unless I've got something genuinely interesting to tell them. Um, mm -hmm. If I've got new products in, I will talk about that. Um, and I've just done, for January, I've done 31 sort of ideas to green up your life so for 31 days of January but rather than send a newsletter every day which I thought would be way too much I've done one a week but you know with a groups of ideas so the yeah. last one went out 
yeah so I you know I, I tried and, and it's not salesy there was nothing you know there was no sales angle to that at all it was just trying to share interesting ideas with people and I guess people who are interested in your products and know you will be keen to share that with other people as well it's the nature of your kind of product isn't it you know people who buy um who are looking for this product they usually they're passionate about saving the planet and about yeah. losing all that awful plastic packaging my daughter is um she's got all of us into this because she is she will not buy anything that has any kind of plastic packaging or anything so it's you know and she and it's her in fact that told me about you because she has um bought stuff from you um oh, really? so, that's nice to know yes yes she has so do you um what do you find is the kind of the hardest part of running the business do you have a, a big no, i don't like admin very much um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know if anyone likes that I, I yeah i'm not great at that um well i know that i'm not great at the um back-end website stuff so i outsourced it i you know i really thought I could spend hours trying to work out what widget goes where or I could get someone to do it for me. What I think might be more difficult for me, especially with uh, the type of business that I run, is trying to sell without selling. Because what I don't want to do, as is a sustainable business, I don't want people buying stuff they don't need. So that's quite a tricky business model when you're running a shop. OK, so I, I mean, I genuinely, if someone doesn't need it, I don't want them to buy it. Um, however, if they do need it, I'd quite like them to buy it from me. You know, so that's pretty much... I think that the, one of the hardest challenges I find uh, running a plastic free shop because yeah, any unnecessary purchases are not really helping the cause, are they? No, no, I suppose I've never thought of it that way. That's a really valid point. And you're, you're almost fighting consumerism and yet mm. you're running an e-commerce brand. So it's a, it's a fine balance. And I really like that. I really like that kind of. Well, also I think, I mean, customers as well. I mean, people are very canny to that. I mean, they know, they know when they're being sold to and and i know when people aren't being genuine and when you you know when you read on you know, instagram posts from an ethical business and it feels a bit salesy and pushy then you kind of automatically turned off from that so it is a fine line i'm not sure i'm so i always get it right um but i kind of what i wanted to do this with integrity yes. otherwise there was no point doing it yeah no i, I love that that's wonderful so with your product range, you say you stock a lot of local product. I'm looking over there because I've got your website up there. Um, <laughs> do you are you constantly sort of sourcing new products? Have you got do you are you always looking for new products or how do you go about kind of deciding what products you're going to actually add to your website when you find new ones? Well, when um, you know I first took over the business, there were some product lines that I thought you know I I knew they were good products and. Um, I knew that they had an audience waiting for them already because it'd been proven. So it seemed a bit silly to sort of ditch everything, but there were product lines that, you know, maybe this, this is my shop. I kind of wanted stuff that I would have used myself. So um, I did approach uh, local soap makers because I, you know, I thought that was something that would definitely be serviced locally. So all the soaps that are in the shop are produced within 20 miles of me here, even though it's obviously, <laughs> An yeah. online shop but my physical location here so um that you know that was important there's i've got them from three different uh, suppliers now uh that are all based on dartmoor and where i've got products that are being produced um overseas i'm trying to bring it in locally so you know there currently is some stock of bamboo toothbrushes which come from germany 
but mm. we also have a local bamboo toothbrush maker in Ashburton, which is just over the moors from me. So I'm moving where, you know, where stock's running out, I'm trying to bring in the local product to replace it. So uh, I am always looking out for new products as well. I'm researching at the moment a vegan moisturizer, which is being made locally. So hopefully I'll be able to introduce that too. I suppose it's hard because normally there are trade fairs and shows and yeah. markets that you can go and visit. And of course we can't do that now. So that must add definitely adds to the challenge doesn't it of finding those lovely products for sure yeah yeah because it has to be you know a lot of searching online um talking to people on social media uh trying to find new and interesting suppliers who also you know are interested in in an ongoing relationship with the shop yes yeah um so with your website like if if you could change anything about your website what would you change anything about your website? Is there any, you know, um, any functionality that it doesn't have that you wish it did? Because I, I always find that side fascinating because we all, we all kind of you build a website. I've done it so many times. Build a website, you think, wait, that's so great. And then three months down the line, you think, oh, I should have done it like this. And now it's so much hassle to go back and change it. Yeah. Am I the only person that does that? Or is that sort of is that something that you've found at all there's quite a lot of things i want to change about the website um i'm going through a little bit of a not a rebrand because you know the branding will say the same but a little bit of a revamp um and there's lots of things that i want to include on the website i want to make it much more informative i've got a lot of blog content that i've written um then i want to make that more of a feature i want to also really showcase the brands that i stock mm -hmm. uh, especially the local ones yeah. because uh, you know, well, we got plastic free is much more accessible and that's a great thing. But, you know, if you can buy bamboo cotton buds in Tesco's or Holland and Barrett and you can buy, you know, reusable makeup wipes in Holland and Barrett, why are people going to come to me? Yes. I mean, it's great that you can buy these things with your weekly shop and I'm all for it, but I've got to give people a reason to actually shop with me rather than shop with Holland and Barrett or Tesco or any of the supermarkets that are doing it and um, the only thing that I've got going differently is my physical location and the brands that I stock so I want to make much more of a, a showcase uh, of them and yeah, also the search functionality is not great and I want the search functionality to be all whiz bang but it's also again how much do you spend on the technical side uh, if it works I mean at the moment you can yeah. buy you can browse the website and you can buy through it so it's how much money do you put in at that end um yeah it's, it's difficult to, to to know if i make this change what will the impact be to the overall business and to the number of people who actually end up buying and it, it is at some point i suppose it's a leap of faith and um but yeah it's good that you're always thinking about you have to always think about that side of things don't you and then when mm. the opportunity arises I guess you know what you need to do to kind of move forward don't you um yeah if you were I mean I love the fact that you you took over an existing business but um if you did it again would, was is there anything that you'd do differently do you think what we're taking over the business or we're starting one or I, I presume you you'd you're happy that you did take over the business and you wouldn't sort of if I said to you like would, what would you do differently you'd go oh I'd start from scratch I, I, I know you've already said that you are glad you didn't have to do that mm. 
but are there any any things that you would have changed if you kind of had a do-over as they say in America well as I said earlier I wouldn't have procrastinated quite as much yeah as I did um I mean but that's on me I mean I'm a I'm a champion procrastinator when I want to be <laughs> so I I think I would have yeah just got the shop back open and then tried to do the changes I wanted to do alongside that which I think would have been totally manageable um but you know it's time constraints hours of the day um and uh, yeah how much money you can put in up front as well to that yeah so we're perfect world your ideal kind of scenario where do you see it in five years time you know it's well, hope. real vintage. hopefully still going <laughs> hopefully still running um that would be great you know the market's changed a lot since the shop originally opened you know when it first was there's a lot of competition and there's a lot of people doing a really amazing stuff there's a lot of plastic free online shops um so if this one is still going that'd be great and i would like to uh I'd like to expand the product lines. Um, yeah. And because there's quite a few areas that I, I don't cover at the moment, uh, because again, I don't want to spread myself too thinly. I want to concentrate on doing the ones I'm doing well before I start expanding that. Um, and I also would like to um, produce much more informative content for people um, and maybe some collaborations with some organizations. Um, or charities would be great yeah that sounds wonderful um just one last thing i suspect i suspect i know what you're going to answer to this one <laughs> it would be it well it's just like the what would you if you if i was coming to you as somebody starting out in an, with an online store what do you think would be the one piece of advice that you'd give me based on the experiences that you've had uh, just do it Give it a go, try it. I mean, don't put your life savings into it unless you know it's a good idea, but you know, you can, you can do these things with quite a small budget and, and you can be quite creative with what you do. And I would just, yeah, give it a go. Cause you're never gonna know if you don't give it a go. Um, it's like with, you know, every bit of feedback you get, you don't know people don't tend to talk to you unless they're unhappy with something i think most of the time so it's 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 great when you get positive feedback and um that means that hopefully some people are happy and they will keep coming back and if you've got repeat customers as well that, that's a really good indication that you're doing something right there oh that's wonderful so it's been lovely hearing your story um Bryony, and i love what you do because i am i will you know hand on heart i'm not I'm not an eco warrior, but I really do appreciate and I understand how important this is. And I try and do my bit when I can, but I know I need to do more. And so I, um, oh. I really appreciate what you're doing and what it's doing for the world. And I think we just need to get more people to understand that we can, it only takes, you know, what we can make a small decision on yeah. sort of buying this product or that product. And it's not much of a you know it doesn't make much difference to us but it can make a big difference to to the environment and to our future there we go well, but, um, that's one that's one point actually that would be quite interesting it's like i think also within the sustainability market there's a lot of judgment and that's not helpful for anybody i mean i, I mean i've got a 
I'm not a perfect eco warrior. Mm. You know, I've got a background. I used to work for Greenpeace, and so I've got a little bit more of an understanding, maybe. Um, mm. But I'm not perfect. Nobody's perfect. I mean, actually, achieving zero waste for most people is completely unachievable. And so, if you start putting barriers and judgment on that, like they're not doing enough or they're not doing it right, and the only way to do it is this way, then that's going to put so many people off, and it's going to put people not even approach it uh, and you can find that there's a lot of um, negative judgment about people's journeys towards zero waste on, online and I don't think that is helpful and I don't want to ever make anyone feel guilty about the choices that they're making that's not what I want to do I would like to encourage people to try these changes and hopefully some of them will stick you know not everyone's going to love a shampoo bar some people will but you know, try it, and if it works for you, that is amazing. And anything that people can do to work towards a more sustainable life is, is obviously fabulous. But um, I'm not going to sit there and criticise you or judge you for your choices. Oh, well said, well said. So, if people want to find out more about you, um, where can they go? Or well, you run your business, obviously. Can. Well, they can. Uh, I'm at No Plastic Shop on Instagram and Facebook at No Plastic Shop UK on Twitter. Uh, they could email me if they wanted to. Uh, I'm say hello at noplasticshop.co.uk and um, obviously you can contact me through the website as well. Wonderful. Well, I'll, the details of the website and all your social links will be in the show notes anyway. So anybody wants to um, find out more, they can, they can go there as well. But thank you so much for talking to me. It's been fascinating listening to your story and understanding more about your business. And I wish you every success with No Plastic Shop. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. If you've enjoyed this episode, I would love it if you would leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It really does help other people to discover the content. Don't forget to subscribe so that you get notified when we publish a new episode.